Welcome to the Higher Self Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you unravel anything keeping you from a life of true abundance, joy, and happiness, which is your birthright. Each week, we'll bring in different guests specifically tailored to help you on your journey to discovering your higher self, whether it's spirituality, business, finances, health, or relationships, there are no topics that are off limits. So get ready and enjoy this week's episode of The Higher Self. Sex, food, and money, the three energies of human mastery. And when you think about them, um, when it comes to food, food is a very important issue because it affects your body, your temple. And on this week's episode of The Higher Self, uh, I'm excited to have Aaron Alexander here. Welcome, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're, we're here in a beautiful home. I love this. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here, and I, um, I'm gonna appreciate this conversation because I'm coming into the tail end of some situations that I was going through with my body that I'd love to share with our audience that maybe you can give us some some insight into. Yeah, you know? please. So, so first off, let's start with the beginning. What what do you do? How do people know you? What what do you, what what is what is your life like? Uh, so. As far as what I do with people individually, it's I help them, I coach them to move better. Okay. You know, so that's something that we've never received as an education right. point in elementary school, or middle school, or any of the schools, really. Unless you went to school for dance, you know, or maybe some form of improvisation or something that's that's more, more kinesthetic. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating thing that the body and your health is the foundation of everything that's ever going to matter in your life. It's the, it's the base of the pyramid. Absolutely. And it's kind of just like a, a, we, we, we jump that, we bypass that step growing up. And so I help people, uh, sort that out for themselves. I love it. And, and what does moving better mean? I know what you mean, but for a lot of people who might be hearing this for the first time, you know, so many people are so busy just surviving, yeah. right? Just trying to make a dollar and try to make ends meet that moving. It's like, why would I worry about or care about? moving better what does it mean and what's the impact that it has moving better is determined by the individual so my better might not be the same as as your better mm -hmm. you know so that's that's the there's a, a quote from a guy called moshe feldenkrais who created a thing called the, the feldenkrais method mm. you familiar with that you ever heard not, that before? No, okay no. well it's, it's it's very interesting uh but yeah his definition of moving well is just being able to do what you want to do be able to live out your dreams you know and so for me, my definition of that would be to feel comfortable in my body, to feel flexible, to feel spacious, to feel at home in my mm -hmm. body, um, to not be, um, have like a, a sensation of being a visitor here. I think many people in the modern world that we exist in, uh, we're not really sure when something hurts or when you have, maybe we're having, uh, we're holding on to excess weight, maybe we're bloating, maybe acne is happening. You know, and it feels like almost like our body's against us, mm. you know, and we need to reach out to somebody else to sort this thing out as opposed to actually going in and listening to what the messages right. are, are coming through. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just feeling more comfortable and at home in the body. And what that could look like would be if you have knee pain, if you have some type of ankle impingement, hip impingement, back pain, which 80% of people uh, will experience back pain in their life. It's mm -hmm. just like, and we just consider it to be normal. Uh, all of that would be signals from your body saying, just requesting for change. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a definition for pain that I like. It's just your body requesting for change. Yeah. And so starting to clear out some of that, that static that we experience in our body 
uh, and the, the requests for change actually tending to them and yeah, helping people navigate that journey. I love that. And I, and I want to dive deep into the subject because for so many people, you know, there are so many different things to do for the body, mm -hmm. right? There's so many different diets. There's so many different workout programs. And um, I am just coming off of a situation that impacted my health pr pretty drastically mm. in where I wasn't able to sleep for the better half of a year and a half. Oh. And the reason why is because I had a goal, right? Like most people do, you know, lose weight, get stronger, get flexible, get more powerful, whatever the case may be. And then I went out and sought out help based off of that goal. Yep. And uh, being a, a pretty damn good student, which I, I think I am, I just do whatever I'm told. Basically, I'm very coachable. And so if someone that has a result tells me to do something, I'm all in and I go do what that thing tells me to do. Yeah. So I'll give you the gist of it. Um, and, and before I give you the gist of what I was doing, the beautiful thing about what you said before we come on came on air is that the body doesn't know the difference between like sitting out or working out or whatever. They can, it, the body's just the body, yeah. right? So explain to me in your eyes what is happening with so many different diets, so many different workout programs, and how does one come to finally discover what works out best for them, basically? Exclusion diets are effective. You know, we have so much static, so much information. You know, and so the exclusion diet could be a metaphor. Okay. Um, so I, I think just like the way that you operate in that, and I can tell that that's true from what you're saying, uh, and it's very consistent with a lot of people that I, I work with that are very successful. Uh, oftentimes they're not just successful, but they also identify as as like high performers, mm. you know, which that's an in interesting concept and yeah. like where that comes from, what that originates. But they're super coachable. You know, it's and it, that's a really beautiful thing. Like if you tell me a thing, I'll clear my schedule and I'll make it happen. Because we want the result. You want the result. That's right. Yeah. And you typically garner really great results yeah. from yeah. that. You know, so I think a lot of folks, myself included in this, we're bombarded by so much information and so many things that we kind of do, but don't actually all the way engage in. You know, we don't surrender ourselves to the thing. We're kind of like partially into a lot of different things. Uh, and I think we do that with diet. I think we do that with the way that we train. I think we could do that maybe in relationships. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that really just honing in, focusing, clearing your mind, maybe starting some just um, some awareness practice. It could just be taking a walk and just paying attention to what does it feel like to the quality of the contact of my feet on the ground. Can I notice the the air brushing up, up against my skin? Can I notice the temperature of the world around me? You know, yeah. of, the, of the environment. It's really start. paying attention. Paying attention. Yeah. And now, okay, cool. We're starting to pull back a little bit. We're clearing the palate a little bit. Now we can start to notice, well, how, how do we feel and how do these, these new stimuli actually make us feel? Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing, if, you're, if you come into someone's house and they're playing 13 different radio stations and they're all blaring on different speakers, it will be really challenging to understand what type of music you like. You know, so I think that first it's coming in and saying like, let's just start with attention, start with asking better questions. Uh, and then from there, creating some spaciousness to be able to listen and then experiment. Yeah. And what I offer might not be the best thing for everybody, but it might be really great for a lot of people, you know, and what you offer may or may not, you know, and it's like, the, sure. but, but clearing that space, I think is the foundational layer. So I want, so I'm going to get a little, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to use this time and this space to kind of digest what went on with me. Yeah. And in return, I think it helps. It's going to help all of you as listeners, because I think every human being 
at some point in time in their life understands that their body is the one that's going to carry them through this life. And so they've got to learn to honor it, learn to exercise it, learn to feed it, you know? Um, and, and, and for some people, the easiest thing to do is just not worry about it. Yeah. Right. And just pretend that it's not important. But once you start to understand that it's very important, then, you know, you, you want to make an impact on it. So I'll tell you what I did. Um, longevity is a thing, right. For me. And I, I, um, it, I would say it was more of a thing than it is right now. Right. But it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It became such a thing that I went out and I, I, I did some research and I found, you know, without naming any names, I found this particular diet mm. that said that if you essentially fast 23 sure. hours a day, you know, eat within a one hour window, uh, uh, maintain a strict vegan diet, and within that one hour in window, break the fast with um, all sorts of amino acids. Um, amino acids, spirulina, psyllium husk, with, with an elixir basically, right? That, you know, that is gonna extend your life or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. You probably even know who it is. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so I, when I say I did it, I did it like, you know, and, and then my mind slash my ego felt a lot of pride around it, you know, around the fact that I could last 23 hours and go deadlift and go lift heavy. And, you know, it was this battle of conquering my mind in, in, in one place it, it did serve its purpose. You know, um, I got the leanest and the, 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 my, my physique was the best it had ever been. But then on the flip side, I tore myself apart, quite mm. frankly. Everything hurt me, everything. And I never stopped to pay attention to the signs, like you said. My hips were hurting, my legs were hurting, my glutes were hurting, my shoulders were hurting, my neck was hurting. And it's like, I was like breaking myself apart because I wasn't having enough protein. And then on top of all of that, the byproduct of all of it was I wasn't sleeping enough, mm. you know? And so fast forward to about three or four weeks ago, I met, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Tom and he, and he comes in here. And the other thing that I was doing was I was getting adjustments, really forceful adjustments because my lower back was hurting so often, probably twice a week. So, so my, my body was constantly just being, I was beating the shit out of it without realizing it. Yeah. Fast forward. Now I feel the best that I ever have. I'm introducing eggs again. I've had a little chicken. I've had a little fish. Um, I've cut out most all of the supplements and I'm just sticking to some amino acids and a, and a nice uh, protein. And then, you know, sometimes I'll go two days or so without eating meat, but then I find myself coming back to like my body wanting some chicken per se, you know? So based off of everything that I just told you, right? What's your diagnosis or what did I do to myself without realizing that I was doing it to myself? Well, the as you're talking, there's a, quote comes to mind i don't actually know who said it probably different iterations of different people but old people can teach you about things that don't change and young people can teach you about things that do mm. you know and i think that within diet or lifestyle there's old places you know around the world you know greece and you're in greece recently yeah you know, and and if or, or if you perhaps visit any of the blue zones around the world that's dan Butner's work visiting mm -hmm, different places mm -hmm. and kind of tracking uh, what were some of the, the 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 main levers that people were pulling from those places to help reduce their all-cause mortality uh, and across the board relationships that's foundational 
you know, so that's like the, the, the longest longitudinal study done ever. It was done in Harvard. It started in, I think it was 1936, either 36 or 39. Uh, it's called the happiness study. What they found in that, they tracked people through their whole lives. They're still tracking people and their offspring or their kids. And what they found with that is that the quality of the relationships was by far, bar none, the longest lever for, to reduce all-cause mortality and increase like overall health and well-being. Love it. So within that, it's like, I, I think that oftentimes a person that's going into an excessively exclusionary lifestyle, um, bordering into almost like orthorexia, and you even, you even mentioned in doing that, which I've experienced this when I've done my own fasting, I feel almost like the superiority around like eaters, mm-hmm. you know, like you freaking losers. <laughs> like you don't, you don't need that. You don't need that hot dog right now. <laughs> you know, like me. Yeah, nothing, yeah, 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 nothing, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's separation. Yeah, you're, you're. I realize it now. I realize it now. And probably at the root of that is it, it's probably stroking some aspect of you that kind of yearns for that accreditation or validation sure, or something sure, of the sort. Sure. You know, so I think that, that like a person can peel. I'm not projecting that on you. But no, just, no, no. If that were I me, understand. I could see that being something and like, where's that feeling come from? Right. Um, you know, and so that I think that 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 psycho emotional aspect of eating is is massive um, and the way that we train and all the things. So I would say, I would come back to like the things that don't change quality of relationships, things that don't change access to nature. They're, they're not interest. They're not like sexy. Right. Like if you tell me about all of the different supplements and the spirulinas and the minos and the, you know, like all the different terms. Right. You know, and it sounds extreme. It's very provocative. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, yeah, I'm listening. But this is it. This is the juice. Yes, 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 yes. You know, but all of these cultures across the board, what they're doing is they are eating together. They're not not eating alone. Yeah. You know, they're breaking bread together, gluten and all. Yeah. You know, they're drinking wine. They're yeah. not freaking out about it. Yeah. They're taking a lot of walks. They live in a place that that their environment almost like forces them to be walking outside with regularity, going up and down hills. Um, they're working in a garden, you know, so they're getting up and down off of the ground with regularity. They're exposing themselves to all of the different uh, bacterias within the garden. You know, they're, they're cultivating their microbiome. They're becoming a more diverse organism internally, externally as a whole, you know, so they're increasing their diversity just through experience and, and relaxation and they're surrendering, allowing, you know, the sun to hit their skin as opposed to walking around with some neurosis that the sun's going to cause this, that, sure. and the other, you know, so I think that those are the factors. Ultimately stress is the foundation for any form of dis-ease that the body experiences. So if you're running, wrapping yourself up in various different neurotic patterns, as um, you know, stories essentially that you're running for yourself, that you're like getting away from something. I think typically there's deeper work within like, how do I surrender more, you know, and how do I relax more? And how do I start to incorporate joy into my life? What do I love? Yeah. Have I ever asked myself that? What do I like? What do I like? Yeah. What makes me fully exhale? Yeah. What makes me feel safe? What makes me feel connected? Okay, cool. Probably community. Maybe I should start joining like a, a, a community fitness class. Don't you know, like whatever it is, but I'm connecting with other people. I have that accountability of other people, you know, generosity. You know, there's a lot of different factors in the fitness thing, but ultimately anything that down regulates your nervous system that likely is chronically overstimulated with caffeine and, you know, alternating current flickering lights throughout your house. Um, and all of the to-dos and all of the notifications, anything that can kind of chunk that down will amplify your longevity immensely. I love that. I love that. And in terms of 
And in terms of, you know, protein intake, mm-hmm. I just want to get your take on this. Yeah. You know, when it comes to, you know, I think anybody who's on a quest of like health eventually, you know, messes with not eating animals, eating animals. What, what, I, I love your perspective on that. I stay out of the, that conversation. I mean, I'll answer, but it's not something that, that I publicly go out of my way to share because it becomes very dogmatic. And so just go like ideological with I'm, people. In your opinion. Oh, but I think animal, for me personally, I think animals are important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it, it acts as a, it comes down to, again, it's, it's energy, you know, which you could, a person could say that and people can start to roll their eyes and whatnot. Um, but the quality of the protein source or the animal or whatever you're eating is what matters. If you are eating protein from some strange factory that's producing, um, monocropped soybeans to create your soy bars, you know, and then it's, wrapped in some protein chocolate covering with an artificial flavors, whatever, but there's no animals in it. That's a problem, you know, or if you're eating an animal that comes from some industrialized farming situation and the animals are stacked up beside each other and they're pooping and peeing on each other and they're being injected all sorts of antibiotics who still get sick without it. Massive problem. Gotcha. Both are a problem. Yeah. So coming back and again, it's listen more. So what's, what's my relationship to my food? You know, so, ask more, ask better questions. You know, what's, was, were this, was this animal pasture raised? Did they have a good life? You know, and, and I think that if that's the case, are they eating natural grasses and, you know, the bugs that would be on there and getting all of the, the, the good bacteria that then becomes your good bacteria? Um, you know, so that would be the most important thing, whether it's plant-based or not, what's the sourcing of the plant or the animal. And then the next thing would be getting to a point of making sure that you're getting enough protein because if you're not, then your body will start to become catabolic and find proteins elsewhere. Um, and within that, something that you could you know, engage with would be getting in, in a, a particular setting, I think it's like 30 grams to activate. It's called the leucine threshold, mm. uh, which is a particular uh, amino acid. If you don't get enough uh, leucine or enough essential amino acids in a sitting, then your body won't go into muscle protein synthesis and start to actually be able to repair and rebuild muscles. Um, there's also a thing called, uh, I believe it's called the protein leverage hypothesis, which suggests that your body will keep eating until it feels satiated from protein. So if you're eating a bunch of fruit, you're eating a bunch of, you know, fat, whatever it is, your body will keep on going until it gets the signal that you have enough building blocks to rebuild, uh, your muscles and your organs and your connective tissue and all things through protein. Gotcha. So I would really, uh, use protein as like a, like a foundation in, in, in a person's diet. Uh, also understanding that protein is more, it, it wakes you up, you know, so maybe front load protein in the morning, you know, have some eggs, maybe have a little protein smoothie thing. You can throw some fruit in there, whatever it is. Uh, if you're going to eat a bunch of white rice or starchy foods, put that backload that into the end of the day, because that's going to make you feel a little bit more like that serotonin rush. Yeah. And you're like, oh. yeah, like, how do you feel after you eat a bunch of pasta? Right. You're just like, okay, let's just chill. That's not bad if it's eight o'clock at night. In fact, that's advisable. Yeah. Right. But if it's eight o'clock in the morning, probably not the best time to have a pizza. You know, so, but the way that you learn that, it, for you, that might not be the thing. That's most humans, most human biology, 
But the way that you learn that is through testing and experimenting and listening. And until you do that, you don't really know what you're doing. And you're just, you're trying to superimpose other people's experience into yours. You're trying to outsource your experience somewhere else because you don't want to take ownership of yourself. Right, right. Or whatever the, re- I, don't, I don't want to project that on anybody. Like they, they don't want to. They might not realize they don't want to. They might not even know that that's They might a not thing. even know that's right. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, oh no, it's, it's but, but you just might not actually be at a place where you have have ever even learned that that can be a thing to have that level of sovereignty and autonomy and like listening to what's going on within yourself and so how did that start for you jacking myself up yeah so i i i started off um really obsessive with bodybuilding um i write it about it in my book so it's not like that weird to talk about my dad got uh into drugs and such and he was had issues with like alcohol growing up and so i think there's a lot of um some level like emotional emotional disconnection even though both my parents tried to connect as much as they were able to um but you can only connect to the degree that you actually have access to within yourself and their relationship with their parents and etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and so the signal that i got as a as a young age and the reason i share this is because hopefully it would be supportive for other people uh is that my my physical home feels unstable maybe feels not safe i'm not sure if it will be there tomorrow so I'm going to compensate and build up my biological home as fast as I possibly can by taking all of the supplements and doing all of the bodybuilding exercises and just like really uh, in the most, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was just super imbalanced and obsessive. I was training all the time. Um, and so I put on like 70 pounds of muscle in a very short amount of time, you know, grew a beard as fast as I could, got a leather jacket and just did like the full compensatory, yeah. you know, I'm strong, you know, don't mess with me yeah. type type veneer. And then that led into lots of injuries, lots of joint dislocations from imbalanced training, chronic back pain, uh, a general sensation of just feeling like, just generally like disconnected, hmm. you know, and then that turned into going to school for rolfing. I went to school for psychology at the University of Hawaii, uh, just to like understand what the heck's going on in this this mental emotional situation just like understand the human um and then i've been working with clients throughout that time so as i started to unearth some of these aspects within myself or imbalances with myself i also had the opportunity to be able to help other people at the same time and the greatest form of education is to be a teacher because then you have that accountability uh yeah and it's just been an ongoing process of realizing how jacked up i've been and you know now i'm having I'm, I'm unearthing this new level of jacked up of realizing that i've i've just been very uh closed to intimacy out of fear for most of my life and within that i'm acknowledging that a lot of the um, contraction and perhaps bracing that i've had in my body as i'm starting to unwind some of that fear of intimacy fear of being loved fear of like opening myself up to love i'm noticing my body start to soften I'm noticing my vision start to start to soften and I'm noticing just my body being able to like, like rest into itself. What does that do to a person's blood pressure? You know, what does that do to a person's heart rate variability? What does that person, what does that do to a person's sleep quality? What does that do to like libido, everything. Mm. So we're reaching out because we don't want to actually look in. We might not, not want to, we just might not realize that that's even a thing. And so oh, I'll do that supplement, I'll do this, I'll do, I'm gonna get that surgery, I'm gonna, you know, all the things. Meanwhile, a lot of times, as you already well know, we're kind of sidestepping the actual internal work that allows all of that stuff to become, you know, just 
it's nice. It's fine, but it's just fine. Yeah. The things that are foundational is the things that don't change. The things that old people will teach you. The things that, that you know, the new modern technology of the day is teaching us. It's fine, but it's just fine. Mm-hmm. It's not the foundation. Yeah, that's my experience. I love that. And so, you know, before we came on air, you were sharing with me um, that a lot of this is coming up in terms of relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, relationship with yourself, relationship with your own heart, uh, which in turn, relationship with, you know, for us as men, a woman is a mirror for what's going on inside. Oh, yeah. What, what, what's that been like for you? Oh, man. Well, so I think, have you ever heard of, of uh, I believe it's called tak- Takitsudo Myocardiopathy, which is like broken heart syndrome? Okay. So that's a, a um, just to draw connections of, of the whole mind-body relationship and how this is, you can say a thing like, oh man, like she broke my heart, you know, or, or I feel, you know, any of, any of the feels, but how does that actually come into the, you know, the, the actual somatic experience, you know, in your physical expression? If a person is so sad from whatever the, some, they lose a, a member of their family or maybe even a breakup or something of the sort, it can actually affect the function of the ventricles of the heart and make a person feel, physically feel as though they're having a heart attack. It's not actually a heart attack. It's called this Takitsubo myocardiopathy. Uh, but it affects the function of the heart to the degree that a person actually feels as though they're having a heart attack mm. because they're so damn sad. It's like, wow. You know, if a person is afraid, you can see all of the markers of, you know, of cortisol and norepinephrine and you can see maybe their, their trap muscles and their SCMs and their jaw and their fists might tense. Like, like where is fear in the body? Where is sadness in the body? It's everywhere. There's no separation with it. Um, and so within my experience with the, the intimacy stuff, um, through a combination of things. I did a, a darkness retreat where you sit in a dark room for a while. Um, so he brings you food each day. And that opened up a lot of access to different layers of myself that I didn't realize were there because you have no room for distraction. There's nothing to do other than to be with yourself in that situation, which is such an absurdly invaluable uh, opportunity because throughout the day, our body is continually sending us signals of the places that it could heal. It sends us those signals in the form of anxiety, in the form of depression, in the form of you know, irritability, in the form of restlessness. Uh, and it's an invitation to go in and say, ah, oh, like, oh, like what, what's, what's behind this? Mm-hmm. And what's at the root of this? Like, what are you saying? that pain that you have in your back, that pain you have in your shoulder, that pain you have in your hip or your pelvis. There's one direction where we can go in and we can topically kind of work with it, which can be effective. There's also the availability to actually go in and say like, what are you saying? Uh, and so through this, the combination of doing the darkness thing and then went through some stuff with my my uh, ex-partner who we'll see what happens with with uh, our relationship, whether we end up going, getting back together or not. Um, but I essentially was screwing her over uh, because I was not available to open myself up to emotional intimacy because I was afraid. Um, and in that, it kept us in this like state of pretty much like perma, perma turmoil, turmoil because her deepest thing is to not be chosen. And so she, co- of course, found me to not choose her so I could 
catalyze that stuff and bring it to the surface. And I found her to uh, replicate the sensation of being abandoned, you know? So I, I kind of, I did all the things to force her to abandon me. And so now it's like, okay, here's this deeper stuff. Uh, and thankfully through the reflection of her, which is, I think what the, the feminine does is they, um, they kind of poke holes, you know, any place that you don't hold water, you know, they say, nope, that's not going to work. Nope. That's not going to work. You know? And so for me, it's places like, where am I out of integrity? Where would I, um, where am I, I, I don't have stability, um, in my life. Where would I not be good to have a child, you know, or be a lifelong partner? You know, so any of those places where there feels like, no, there's not enough integrity there. You know, she just like presses into it. Exactly. And it's like, you need therapy. You need to do this workshop, you know, and sending you Instagram posts about this coach or therapist or this thing or whatever. And my mind during previous time before I had kind of this like shift from the breakup slash the darkness retreat, which they happened kind of around the same time, uh, was I just wasn't available to hear all that stuff. And then there was that shift, opening, breakdown, and then that breakdown opens up space to actually be able to like see myself. So now I'm presently in this place of realizing just how closed off I've been my whole, my whole life. Very interesting. And therapy has been very helpful for me to start to actually go back through and um, reparent parts of myself that um, I abandoned as a young boy. And I've been ashamed of the reality that in many ways uh, I still am a boy frozen in time. And instead of being honest with that and saying, here's my boy, he doesn't feel loved. Yeah. You know, he feels ashamed. He feels out of place. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he has like, like a purpose. He doesn't know, you know, and he's terribly ashamed to admit that. Instead of actually addressing that and providing that aspect of myself with the love and care and open hearted connection and trust and stability and support that it's needed for the last, you know, whatever, since I was a baby. Yeah. Um, I just get more muscles, get more money, get more influence. And I just keep on kind of working outward and, uh, man, oh man, it's, it's such a cool thing to start to open up that the beginning of that journey, I think is just such an amazing gift. You know, it's such a cool thing. And, it, and you know, and I, I appreciate you sharing that because for a man, it's, it's tough to do that because that's the thing that we are taught to avoid mm. at all costs, you know? at all costs yeah. because it makes us, you know, feminine. Yeah. Who teaches us that? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's society. It's our parents. It's our fathers, you know, um, quite honestly, I've seen it enough to where I believe all of it is part of the path, you know, and if I look deep into it, I realize that some people that are on this journey of life are here to actually heal all of that. And some are just flat out not, you know, Right. Like there's some people that I could talk to about, you know, coming to awaken or, you know, doing meditation or doing breath work or shit for the love of God doing something. Yeah. You know, go out for a walk in nature, take your shoes off, you know, go do some some breathing on your own, go do some cold showers, you know, go get some therapy, go do something. Mm. And, and and they're not ready to hear it. Mm. You know, and I've come to the realization, man, that for some people that are here on this journey of life, I don't know that it's their lifetime to do that. Yeah. Th does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And I and I I genuinely believe that they'll have they'll come back. Mm. You know, they'll they'll come back. 
And then I do believe that there are some people where it's, this is their time. And I know it's their time because they hear a message and there's a calling in their soul. There's a calling in their heart that says, I need to listen to this, yeah. right? There's something here for me, basically, you know? And and once you're ready to do that, you're ready to do that, you know? Um, but nobody can be rushed. Mm. Nobody can be rushed, you yeah. know? I got to ask you a question. When you go inward and you look at your heart and you look at the fact that, you know, you've had it closed, right? Have you been able to identify what you've been protecting? Still blurry. Okay. Yeah. So I get, I get, so I've been doing, um, a, uh, therapist that I see it comes from a, a mutual friend, uh, Stephanos, Stephanos, mm -hmm. I know yeah. he's done your podcast. Yeah. Um, he, my therapist, I actually don't really want to share his name in case it, he like, you know, gets overly popular. Um, but if someone has like a specific yearning or whatever, they can message me. Um, we go through various different forms of somatic based therapy. I think it's kind of like a blend of like somatic experiencing and Hakomi and things of the sort. And we will essentially talk a little bit until something, we get into something that feels um, like there's an embodied charge around it of sorts, you know, uh, suddenly, you know, I might maybe twitch a little bit or I might maybe uh, start like getting a little like teary eyed or something of the sort. It's like, aha, like here we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a person like I, I think everybody has. I think if you don't have quote unquote baggage, I don't know that there would be like a function of having a body. I think you'd probably just, I don't know, transition or, you know, turn into stardust or something. Yeah. I, 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 I feel as though if you are in the body, there's, there's some baggage within there someplace. And if a person is willing to open themselves up to those things and just emote it could be laughing, it could be crying, it could be celebrating, it could be, you know, whatever the thing is, but just like, like let it out. Um, yeah, so as we go through, we'll, we'll, he'll guide me into just like feeling into my chest, feeling into my abdomen, uh, and feeling into those sensations and uh, images that I often get, like one particular would be like a, a image of a little boy. He's uh, kind of like looking, he's like down looking away, it's really like gray, like grayscale. Uh, and then, uh, two parents sitting beside the boy, but they're almost like statues. They're almost like, like, uh, chess pieces and they're wanting to look back, but they're not able to look back. Mm. So they're, they're yearning to look back and like connect with the boy all the way, but they're actually just, they're not, they feel stuck inside like their own statues. Um, you know, and so within that, I, I feel like there is some perhaps definition of that, of, of feeling like there was some level of emotional disconnect because my parents actually just didn't have the tools to be able to do it themselves. My dad was numbing with alcohol and, you know, I presume a child at that age would probably take that as I'm not enough for you because you can't bear life. You know, here I am, this, this light in your world and you can't bear it. I think that would be very impactful for a young boy or girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the, when we go into like the deeper sensations, um, it's hard to place, it's more sensation than um, like effable language. And I believe that's because a lot of it comes from pre-verbal times, which that was something I learned from the therapist that I thought was pretty interesting. But it's like when I can see all the things, I can feel the things, but it doesn't feel like there's, when I ask like, what is it? You know, what are you so afraid of? It's still a little murky in there, but I think that what what seems to be true is the the where I met presently is just the shame of acknowledging the boy. Hmm. 
and acknowledging it is still there because I feel a some level of um, like an like an impetus to be the man before I actually am the man. And so instead of addressing the boy, I'm just going to pretend to be the man. And so then I keep blocking that because I don't want to actually address the reality in a public way to other men or to, to you know, God forbid, a, a, a woman that I'm not actually this full embodied masculine man. Yeah. And I actually have deep old parts of my boy that still need to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. It's it's crazy, man. Oh, it is, man. You know what? <laughs> it's crazy. It's so interesting because, um, you know, that's part of what I've had to do in my journey. Yeah. You know, um, first things first, I'll, I'll say it this way. And this is for everybody, you know, um, emotional intelligence is so important when you're when you're looking for a partner mm. and when when you're looking for someone to be with and I, and I'll say I'll say this this way is that you know Jen is so I would say emotionally and intellectually intelligent you know yeah. so as a result of that it's like she's able to see me and and exactly what you said happens she's able to poke those holes oh, right that's terrible yeah, and she's able to poke those holes. I believe for me, I don't, I don't see it as terrible. I actually, I actually, I fight it for a second because my ego doesn't like it. Yeah, I'm joking and yeah. saying it's terrible. It's awesome. I know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, like, the, it's like the but best, it's the, it's like yeah, the best thing it's ever. It's the best worst thing ever. Right? It's the best worst thing ever. Right, yeah. especially, <laughs> especially as a man being in front of the woman that you love. Yeah, because the last thing that you want to do is show vulnerability or that. You're not that man, you know, yeah. but it's the, it's a beautiful thing because I think that that's part of true love. True love is able to hold that space and vice versa, yeah. by the way, and vice versa, you know? And so one of the things that I really had to do recently was to literally revisit that little boy. Mm. Like, I don't know if you've done this, but have you been to the Austin, uh, toy shop, the Austin, uh, I don't think so. historical toy shop no, it's but right it here sounds, in downtown. Awesome. You have to go. Cool. Yeah, I'll you that. have to go. Cause it has, how old are you? 35. Okay, well, back in my, I'm a little bit older, I'm 45, but yeah. Transformers and He-Man and nice. all the toys that I grew up playing with. That's very cool. They're all there. Everything is there from Lego to ColecoVision to Safari to everything. Yeah. And, um, and, and you're there and it's just like, it reconnects you to that boy, you know? Mm. And, you know, for our listeners, whether you're a boy or a girl, I highly recommend you know, this is going to sound weird, but go look at and see some of the toys that you used to play with when you were a little boy or a little girl. Yeah. Because it'll do something. Like I was borderline crying when I was in that place. Wow. Because it just brought back so much memories and it and it like it was very healing. You yeah. know. And now what I have to do is that in moments of like fear or vulnerability or you know uh, any uncomfortable moments, I just picture that little boy. I picture myself. Yeah. And I picture myself hugging myself and. I picture myself the way that I was or would have been without the woundings that were passed on to me, mm. you know? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a way of healing, you know, yeah. it's a way of healing. Um, so I, I definitely understand the journey, bro. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm a strong believer and advocate for plant medicine and its ability to awaken and heal the mind, body, and soul. It's a belief that is deeply rooted in my own personal experience with both ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms. And many of you for years have always asked me, you know, Danny, where do I go? Who can I trust? And there is only one place I would ever recommend or put my name behind, and that is Reunion. 
Reunion is a place where you could set yourself free from whatever is holding you back from living the life of your dreams. It's a beachfront, beautiful property that is in Costa Rica. And what I love about it is that it's not for profit. And this is the only thing that they focus on is the preservation and the safe utilization of these beautiful, wonderful medicines. And I only feel comfortable putting my name behind it because I am personal friends and have journeyed with some of the members of the facilitating team. Guys, I'm honored to have aligned myself with them to create the Higher Self Scholarship Fund. It's a fund whose purpose is in helping people who don't have the means to experience these medicines and yet have the desire to. And every time one of you books a retreat with Reunion, $100 from every booking is going to go into this fund and we will be sharing this money with people on a monthly and bi-monthly basis. So help me help others by using the code DANNYREUNION when you go to register to experience your own life transformational journey. To find out more, go to reunionexperience.org and get ready. I have a, something that I, like, I have a theory uh, that I think you'll probably resonate with or appreciate. Uh, So to pass on an individual's quote-unquote traumas, which these words get passed around a lot, so I think it's important to to apply definition to it. So we're like, okay, this is what what we're saying, or at least what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, but a definition of trauma could be, it's just unprocessed information that at some point there was some happening that took place in in one's life. It was too much instead of actually being with that, processing that, like moving that through the body, experiencing that, uh, we're like, Oh, look away, contract, you know, like suck it up, you know, and move forward. That would be in, in Buddhist terms, they they would call that a, a samskara or some scar means imprint. It's like a, a, like a psychic psycho spiritual biological imprint that goes into the body. Yeah. Um, those imprints, they get passed on generation to generation until they're processed, which is, I think is very interesting. That's like in, in the Bible, there's a, there's a bit that says that, that uh, a father's sins will be passed on to their sons for four generations. Mm. You know, so each one of those generations is a go. It's right. like, all right, here we go. Like, let's go. Right. You know, or you miss it. And then it'll just get, you know, just keep on getting passed on. And I, I, I believe that relationship, the reason that intimate relationships in particular are so darn precise at tapping into those early um, primary caregiver patterns, like the relationship to mother, father, uh, is because there's a, an actual evolutionary value in healing those aspects to not pass them on to your potential offspring because you want your offspring to be free of disease. And if you have too much baggage, it creates contraction, resistance, jacks up all your physiological functions, turns into to these blockages that eventually turn into fill in the blank thing. And then we call them idiopathic diseases in our Western model of medicine. Yeah, man. It's always, it's so interesting <laughs> bring that up. No, no, no. Let's, let's go deeper. It's so okay. interesting you bring that up because I was having this conversation with Jen this week, you know, where, you know, the other thing that a man has to go through is like decision. Yeah. At some point in time, we have to man up and decide, and we have to decide that this is the woman that we're going to be with, you know, and this is the woman that we want to spend our, our life with. And I think it's all fun and games, like, especially in the conscious community, you know, there's this thing with polygamy and like everybody's fucking each other and all this stuff. And, 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 and to me, I'm at a state in my place where to each their own. And yet 
there's there's something in that energy where it's like it's avoiding right it's no, avoiding the deepest level of intimacy love and healing that you can find and that is with another human being you I know it, it's with another human being and so the second thing that came up is that as i'm in this journey and in this process in my relationship with jen like the more and more that i realize who she is the more and more that i realize like wow like this woman is incredible you yeah. know it's ab she's absolutely incredible and i was just talking to her the other day about this and i'm going to share it because i said you know i'm very conscious now of what it would mean to create a life mm. where i i don't know that i was that conscious before yeah you know you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. you have sex and a, a baby is born and it, that's great and all but i wasn't like aware of what i was doing that was my experience with relationships was i was really? i was never aware of of how deeply meaningful and sacred a relationship is it's like as shamanic as you could get it's fucking deep <laughs> deep bro it's it's as no 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 listen it is as close to like it's like a real life plant ceremony i think it's much more impactful yeah, than plant yeah, yeah for sure but, it, but it's like it's that I'm talking about are you when you're ready to let go and you're ready to finally relax your body and receive a hug yeah and receive a woman's care for you yeah and understand that she loves you and receive the massive implications of that that someone loves you whether you look good or not look good and then you get to drop the armor that we as men in this society hold so dearly of how our physical bodies look and so forth and so on. And then you get to know each other. And then you- that, And then you're like, you're, you're fucking beautiful. And you're beautiful regardless <laughs> of how you look. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where the game changes. When you finally realize you're beautiful regardless of how you look, when yeah. the world and society is trying to teach you, no, you're beautiful because of how you look. Right. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Yeah. Like the actual essence of femininity I don't give a damn how you look when a woman is in her feminine energy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. What yeah. was, do you know Albert? Yeah, I do. My, uh, what, Devana is her name? Devana? The, oh, so yeah. His yeah. wife, Yeah. right? I love them both so much. For and sweet. she was here sitting in that chair and later afterwards I told Jen, I said, baby, I'm gonna tell you something right now. That woman was so connected and it was part of her probably carrying a baby and whatever. Yeah, but changes things. I was like, she was so connected that she was so beautiful to me. And yeah. she goes, no, I know what you mean. I go, baby, it was like, it was like her energy, her essence. Cause she, she arrived, like she's fully in herself and she knows who she is. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm having this conversation. We're going deep. And I was like, you know, baby, like it's incredible that like, as a man, when you're conscious and you are aware, you get to choose, right. What soil you're going to plant your seed in. Mm. Like this is fucking deeply like profound. Yeah. You know, because so many people were creating babies and we have no idea what we're doing yeah. because the body will create a life, right? But when you are conscious and aware, my God, this human being loves me for who I am, right? This human being is emotionally intelligent, is is intellectually intelligent, is someone that I'm sexually attracted to. It's someone that that carries everything that I as a man want. And now I get to put my seed in the soil and then that is going to create a life. Yeah. The other thing, the other, it's fucking profound. The other thing I was, as you're, you're talking, I'm having this realization right now as well, more like evolutionary stuff. I think I protect myself with science, you know, and, and can like, I tell you and, something, and brother? Analytics. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because you're out of love. Yeah. You're, you're massively intellectual and cerebral. 
Oh yeah. Oh, you like you you like I I feel you, yeah. but but that's a protection mechanism oh, to keep you safe from. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just calling that out. Yeah, you're cool. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, good. But this is good though. This so is good. So I think so so I think the evolutionary mechanism <laughs> of conflict in relationship is to stress test the potential to be able to actually create life, and you know that's one of the 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 well from what statistics say one of the most challenging thing or at least increase what what increases the likelihood of a child having problems down the road you know getting arrested or whatever um is single parent households yeah i don't know enough about that i have a strong opinion that's just what statistics seem to suggest and so i think again there's some evolutionary underpinnings there where when two people get together they get together to heal you know there's that part and then there's also how do you navigate conflict we almost need conflict, I believe, you know, and, and within that, if you, if you go through that conflict, you can actually learn and heal from it, or you choose to split. And if you split, it's perfect because it proved that that relationship wasn't able to actually hold water in that way. You, you know what? You're so right because, or, and sometimes or, it's appropriate because you really aren't matched for each other. Like it's really not the way. Or, or it's your capacity to love and receive love. I think that's what it all comes back to. Yeah, yeah, because it because you what what happens eventually is like because there have been moments with Jen right where it's like, you know, where um, our hearts feel, and our bodies and and it it feels the tension when we are in disagreement or unalignment so thickly yeah. that we literally the ego reverts to this is not going to work. Yeah, and in that moment we're in our head. Yeah, is what we're in. So in the moment where we go, this is not going to work one of us it just takes one of us to go baby i love you yeah and i'm sorry yeah and i see it i see the space that i was coming from and i see who i was being and and i was wrong and i want you to know that i own that and and you know what the other person does yeah drops into their heart as well but the only way for a person to actually be able to drop into their heart is it's not the words it's it's what what's behind the words so if a person's not actually accessing their own embodied experience like they're truly it's like and those those again with my my overly protected analytical pragmatic like (laughs) sciencey mind yeah mind yeah yeah. i'd be like oh my god here we go talking from your heart like bro come on bro (laughs) like come on bro (laughs) and and i'm like no but really no but no no but that's where the magic's at that's where the magic is at she's not gonna feel it no she's not gonna feel it she had she has to because you <laughs> and send. you need to do the you need to do the excavation in order to actually illuminate that aspect. There's a there's a, a Rumi quote that said your your role is not to find love. Your role is to remove the barriers preventing you That's from accessing it. love. That's it. You need to excavate. You need, you need to be a, a freaking That's man. That's it. Get a shovel out and go right. to work. Right, because I because I could easily go out. Right, we're just now this is like a dude talk here. But yeah. I could but I could easily go out. <laughs> I could easily go out and start fucking whoever I want and yeah. do what guys do and start drinking and do whatever. Yeah. But in that moment, it's so beautiful, man, because it's in that moment, it's like, nah, but what is a man really? Yeah. What is a man really? What is a man really? I'm right? asking. Well, a man is somebody that's able to, first off, he's, he's got to know who he is and he's got to accept himself fully. Mm. He's got to accept his, his ugliness, his beauty. He's got to accept his, his body. You know, he's got to be able to, accept his minds and he's got to be able to accept his downfalls. He's got to be, I think he's got to be completely disconnected from anything that 
society is trying to push him to believe that he is and he's got to discover who he is on his own mm. you know he's got to be able to be masculine and feminine mm -hmm. he's got to be able to be able to process and 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 speak and learn up here but at the same time he's got to be able to feel yeah because if he can't feel and he can't open this up he'll never be able to offer love or the space for a woman to be able to go through her process yeah. right because i think that that's a real man a real man is someone that that could hold space for a woman while she is releasing, detoxifying, and letting go of all of her fears. Yeah. All of her fears that she learned from her mother, her father, from society, all of the guarding that uh, society is trying to put around a woman that is telling a woman, you have to protect and defend yourself. Yeah. A man is someone that provides the energy, the space, and the love for a woman to be able to say, oh my God, I don't have to do that anymore. And as a result of that, she gets to go and become whatever she wants to become. Not because she has to, because it's the joy of her life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's my definition. Yeah. And that's, I, I was, I, I mentioned to you as I was listening to one of your podcasts that you recently did. When I, when I found out that we were going to do, uh, I'm going to have you on my podcast as well. I was super, super excited because I, I ran into your stuff. I think it was just like a month and a half ago. And then your team like reached out like, a couple weeks later, which is, I was like, Oh shoot. Like that's, yeah. that's great. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the way that you are able to, you've opened yourself up to be able to access what feels to be really, truly authentic wisdom. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really beautiful the way that you've, whatever you've done to come to that, like the work that you've done to build that, to be able to, to access that. Yeah. I really appreciate it. But that was one of the things that you shared in the, in the podcast was just the depth of wisdom from the feminine which that would, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think that's like a biological sex thing per se, but my experience as a, heter, as a heterosexual man, for me, it's a woman. Yeah. And that depth and that wisdom and that, that it, it, for me, it's like it needs to be protected. It's like the most sacred thing. And for me as a, a man, what animates me, it makes me feel like, you know, because I think men are looking for purpose. You know, maybe people are looking for purpose, but like maybe I'm not looking for purpose. Mm-hmm. And starting to have that sensation of just acknowledging how precious that is, not precious in a weak way, but precious is like in, in an infinitely powerful way. It's the thing to hold. It is, man. It truly is. And coming to that point, then it's like, okay, because it's, I think that in the, the modern era of, you know, just all the things that feminism and, and this and that, like, I don't know a lot about these topics, but it seems like there's maybe a little bit of anger in there someplace. And we start saying things like the man protects. Mm -hmm. That's not suggesting that the woman is we. No, or, and it's not suggesting that the woman even needs protecting. For Correct. Example. The woman gets to choose to allow protection. Yeah. It's her choice. Yeah. We all have a free choice. Yeah. And, and in doing that, the power that a woman does to a man or whatever form of dyad or triad or whatever your thing is, um, is the, she, 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 I think she initiates the man. I think she evokes the man. She says this, 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 you know, and she, and she like shines this light on all of the places that the right. man wasn't able to look at. And, and and was, was, or, or was able to, but was afraid of and was just pushing it away. Right. And then that one woman shows up where it's like, you know, because I think in all of our journeys as men, you know, it's like we're around a whole bunch of different women. Yeah. And then there's that one woman that is valuable enough to where you don't want to run anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Correct. To where the default was, no, 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 I'm out of here. Right. And, and, and where she, you have, 
it's fucking beautiful because you have to surrender. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to, you have to, you're. What about for a person? What about for a person that is um, that isn't in relationship, or perhaps a person that's because that's a, a a pretty good percentage of of, yeah. of people where they are. Um, what's what's that? What's it called? The the single. No, not single, but the celibate, but not. What's it, what's the term for an unintentionally celibate person? They like they're not able to find someone to to connect with. Oh, there's a term for it. Anyways, but for that for that demographic of people, that's like wow, this is great and I feel alienated because relationship feels so distant for me. Yeah, but you see, number number one, that's a projection of the mind. Yeah. Like for someone to feel alienated, nothing can make you feel alienated. It's yeah. the way that you are processing and addressing the information that is causing you to feel a certain way. Yeah. So anything that we feel, we feel because we choose subconsciously or consciously to feel that way, right? And I can speak to this because I would not be who I am today and I would not have been in the space that I am today to meet Jen had it not been for the fact that everything that I'm able to do now with her, I would. I first had to do it by myself. Mm. You know what I mean? I first had to go into the depths of, and if you ask me, I think anybody can do it, is I wanted truth. Mm. I wanted truth about life, truth about God, truth about myself, truth about Truth about everything. To the point that just this morning before you were walking in here, truth about the body. Mm. Where, where my, my doctor now, he's able to go through my back and he's able to go and go and go and everything feels nice and smooth and it's flexible and it's like pliable and it's moving. And all of a sudden he'll find a spot. And bro, it is the most deathly, scariest, worst pain of my life. It feels like I'm being stabbed and everything inside of me wants to run away. Wow. Everything is, and he'll just hold it. He's like, Teach your body that it's safe. Wow. It's so fucking powerful, dude, because everything inside of me wants to say, leave, get away, run, hit his hand away. And I just got to, <sighs> and sometimes I cry and sometimes, because I'm just like, that's a man. A man is able to hold there mm. and is able to stay there and it's able to deal with the pain and the pressure. And then the irony of, of that statement is women probably pay, deal fucking with it even ten better. Times, <laughs> yeah. ten, ten times, ten <laughs> times better. Yeah. Ten times yeah. better. Because I can do that, but if I have a cold, yeah. I'm out like a yeah. little bitch. I'm Ex on the sofa. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm visioning like a guy with like a little, or like a kid with like a little, um, you know, a play uh hard hard hat and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. suspenders like that's yeah, a man that's the a way man. they're like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you don't even know yeah you don't yeah. even know <laughs> but i mean but i mean you know um it, but but it's so funny but like to me to me in my journey yeah like i i avoid pain mm. and i mask it and i would mask it with alcohol i would mask it with women i would mask it with work right yeah. i would mask it with power and success and the reality is that when I was able to, for a period of time of both celibacy and, and that means no television, no alcohol, oh, cool. no, no sports, no NFL, no major leagues, no news, no nothing. For how long? I mean, I think it's been like two years. Oh, still? Well, yeah, because I just don't need it anymore. Oh, that's great. Like if, listen, if we wow. go to, if we go to Italy, oh, cool. for example, yeah, if we go to Italy, which we were just in Italy and we're in Italy and we're overlooking the mountains and we're in Tuscany and it's beautiful and they have a nice bottle of wine, I'll enjoy a nice glass of wine. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. but for the most part, no, I'm, as you can see, there's no TVs in here. I'm completely disconnected, but that was part of my journey to discover myself so that anything that was distracting me, yeah. I had to go within myself. Well, that's funny. That was how we started the conversation. 
Yeah. You, you know, it's like first come to a place where you're actually able to listen. The way you do that is you reduce the channels. There's a, there's another, um, quote from a guy called, uh, Sir William Osler. He's okay. known as the father of modern medicine. I think you'll appreciate it. Okay. He said that the, the organs cry that the tears that the, the eyes weren't willing to shed. And as you're, it, that, that popped up to my mind as you're, as you're talking about the, the tension in different wherever, you know, it's, whatever it's, facet or whatever in your spine or whatever, whatever it was connected to yeah, tissue man. in that area. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very fascinating thing because you have the opportunity to work with the psycho emotional, biological, spiritual, like all of the different roles of the self. It, really, it's just pick a door. That, that, and so right. the people that are coming from the spirit world are going to be all Hare Krishna or Buddha or Allah or, you know, whatever they think, source energy, whatever the right. thing is, ayahuasca. Right. You know, people that are coming from the allopathic model, they're going to be like, oh man, it's all, you got to get your these drugs and we got to get your, get your blood pressure right and we got all the solutions people come to the exercise miles like bro you're just gonna go outside and do more pull-ups what are you talking That's about right, yeah you know relationship yeah. it's really it's like it doesn't matter just get to yourself just just start or start yeah. opening yeah, doors yeah, 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 yeah. just open them yeah yeah and 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 confront the fear of opening them yeah. Because that's yeah. where you grow. And so if you can go in and, and, and start to knock on this particular area around your spine, or maybe there could be some type of like gut thing where you literally, your each of your organs, it's, it's called uh, motility. They're essentially going through this, um, in the cranial sacral world, they call it primary respiration. This is what your, your, the, the, your, the cerebral spinal fluid around your brain, your, your cranium actually expands and contracts all throughout the day and it's moving circulating this cerebral spinal fluid fluid all the way through your spine up in your brain your organs go through a similar pattern where they're they're rotating medially towards the midline and then away from the midline towards the midline away from the midline at a subtle level your whole body throughout the whole all the time if you're if you're living is going breathe going to towards the midline and then expanding away and then and any place that's frozen, braced, unsafe, you know, just chronically held in protection, mm -hmm. that opening and closing, expansion, contraction will be limited at that point. It'll go, and now you have to open and close, expand and contract, rotate in and out around that point. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, there's a lot of ways to come through and start to feel safe and start to trust again in your body. One of those is like merely physically you see a manual therapist or a Cairo or some of the sort and they go through and say, bro, did you realize you've been bracing here for the last 13 years? Yeah. They're like I had no idea. That's exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like let's just shine a light in that area and we're going to breathe into that space and you're going to start to tie that into your, your kinesthetic awareness. And now you have awareness there. You saw it. It was seen and heard. That's right. And then that will inform the way that you start to walk around the world. Wow. I feel a little taller. I'm not really like my shoulders, not really cowering forward, mm -hmm. you know, in this almost like protective position. Wow. Suddenly I'm like making more eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking people in the eyes because my neck hurt so much. So I, my, my body manifested this pain, this kink in my neck and I'm looking away from people. Now suddenly I'm creating this feedback loop. Yeah. So we can go through the body and say, okay, let's, let's adjust this and we're just start to open up. And now you start to change the way that you relate in relationships and all the different places and the way that you feel. And you can come through and you fall in love. Yeah. 
you know, something happens and you get catalyzed in this way. You start to open up and you feel safe and suddenly all the, the colors of the trees are a little bit greener and the sky's a little bit brighter, you know, and your, your breathing gets more open because you want to breathe life in. That's right. That changes the structure of your diaphragm. That's right. I'll be Absolutely. damned. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. change your structure of your diaphragm. You're getting full of breath. That's starting to, to allow your pelvic floor to be able to expand and contract. Your whole body goes. <sighs> yeah. And it's, it's like it, it relationship. So go see a therapist, start training the body with, with like workout, see a manual therapist. Just All that matters is you just start go. pulling levers. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. By the way, I feel a future for you and that girl. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I sense it. Yeah, I think so. I sense it. I see there's walls around both of your hearts. Oh yeah. Right. And like when they come down, you're gonna be a mush. Oh yeah. You're a big baby. Oh yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah big. I could, I could see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, bro. Final thoughts. Well, I don't think I have any no? particular things. I mean, yeah, and I, I, I feel like I just am grateful to get to. I, I see you from the little bit that I've observed you for the last month or so as like a uh, a light bearer of sorts because I'm in a very specific path that I think that you are a bit further ahead than I am or maybe very further ahead or whatever. I mean, it's not a competition, but I think that that where you're at, I'm like, oh, this is cool. He's a mentor. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to, to uh, connect with you and uh, hopefully I shared something that was of value for your audience. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I see you in the same way in the physical body. Oh, cool. You know, because uh, I'm finally at a place where I'm I'm discovering what works for me. Great. You know, which it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Freak yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, the Align Method, where do they get your book? Yeah. Oh, anywhere. You go, anywhere? Go, I mean, bookstore is what would be great for, you know, the planet and the world and whatnot. But um, yeah, any place that you you'd get books, the Align Method would be there. Um, we, I don't know when this is going to go. We just launched the Align Method online program, which is a six week program. That, oh, beautiful. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Presently it's a closed container, but it'll open back up early March. Um, I'm doing live Q and A's at the end of each week. It's six weeks in total. And that's like nuts and bolts, educating a person on how to move better. You know, so the first, first week is assessment. It's completely free. People can try that second week gets into how to recover full range of motion of all the joints in the lower, bo lower body. It's really important. Uh, third week is upper body. Fourth week is movement patterns. So you're able to walk, run, get up and down off the ground with your kids. You know, just like do the things that you want to do. There's no reason to have limitation in your body. I'm, I might take that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll hook sure. you up with it for sure. Um, and then week five is all about nervous system regulation, particularly using breath and vision. We didn't talk about any of that. But, you know, there's like you, the, the breath is the bridge to the mind. And I would say to the heart, if a person's going through some traumatic stuff, they're reliving some things that feel emotional. Uh, something that I would recommend is um, emphasizing even audible exhalations through the mouth, you know, in, in engaging voice and tonality with that. That's really supportive for a lot of reasons. One, it just allows you to like relax if you're keeping it together and stoic and like nose breathing yeah it doesn't allow the body to perfuse that emotion which is very valuable yeah um also increases nitric oxide levels which is good for circulation and respiratory health or, or cardiovascular health Beautiful. um and then week six is all about environment so we become the shape of our environment 
I love it. The modern world that we live in is uh, if you allow yourself to just be dust in the wind of the modern world, you'll start to look like a couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty forward head posture pretty hunched over Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just generally the, the, the patterns of the modern environment, they're, they're generally collapsive. And it's very simple on how to start to realign or reintegrate the body. We just need to uh, be smarter than the modern world that we created. I love that. Uh. I love that. Um, and pay attention to the words he uses because I'm, I'm, I understand them. Collapsive, your body, collapsive, realign, right? Yeah, what is this de- is all what is, really, really important? What is stuff. the meaning? What is the, the definition, like Webster's definition of depression? Collapse. You know, and so that's the number one leading reason for disability worldwide collapse, mm. depression. Yeah. I'm too sad to go to work. Yeah. You know, so if you look around the world and you see people, you know, using their whatever cell phones and all the things, nothing wrong with anything. It's all what's behind it, you know? And so if you're doing something over and over, it becomes this chronic repetitive thing. The body starts to form to that position. Yeah. And the way that we communicate to each other is physically. Yeah. You know, that's the, the there, there's, um, Abraham Maslow, he's a psychologist in the 60s. He came up with a thing called the, this is more more brain stuff, I apologize. He came up with a thing called the 55-38-7 principle and suggests that 55, 55% of our communication comes from body language, the way that we communicate. 38 is the tone of our voice and 7 is the actual words that we're saying. If there's incongruence between any of those, 93, I would say it's higher than that, but 93% of the time we're going to trust the tone and the body language. If your body is stuck in a position that is not able to express your truth, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, or it's going to be tougher. Yeah. And so the things that start to open that body up is things like, you know, maybe training a little bit different, maybe take a yoga class, maybe go take a dance class, yeah. take more walks outside, look up, look up into the sky, look up into the trees. All that's tied into your brain. You're on like it's all tied together. Absolutely. I so if you want to try the, the the program, it's alignpodcast.com slash AMP and the first week is free. So then you get a movement assessment in that. And then I teach five fundamental mobility techniques. So Okay. Alignpodcast.com backslash AMP and yeah. then Instagram. Align podcast. Align podcast. Yeah, YouTube. All things are align podcast. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And by the way, what are you doing March twenty third to twenty fifth? Uh, going to awaken. Is that what you're going to? You suggest? and your girl. I want you guys to come. Cool. I yeah. love it. Yeah, cool. I love that. We'll take care. Of it. Yeah. Thank you. You guys are going to love I it. I appreciate it. March. I'm down. Awesome. Hundred percent. Beautiful. Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Higher Self. Um, go back and watch this one again because it's uh, it, it was really cool for me the experience of like at first we were we were kind of like up here and then we like relaxed into it and then we got into some really deep shit, which is really <laughs> cool, right? Which is which is awesome. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have a man that you love, have him listen to this podcast. I think he will, um, he will, he will see two men like challenging each other and learning at the same time about how to open the heart to the one thing women, uh, men have a hard time opening to is, and that's to you know women, mm. and that's to love. So share it with them, and uh, and we'll see you next week on another episode of the Higher Self. Thanks for watching or listening. If this week's episode resonated with you deeply and you're ready to discover more about yourself, go to dannymorell.com and check out some of our upcoming events and our resources. Or if you'd like to learn more about our coaching programs, simply shoot us a message on Instagram and one of our team members will reach out to you immediately.